Hello, and thanks for taking the time to tune in to our podcast. This is Pastor Carson with Calvary Tabernacle. Every week, what we're putting on the podcast is a snapshot of what's happening here, whether it's our local services or whether it's different teaching sessions. And the ultimate goal is really tied to our mission here at Calvary, and that is to reach, to connect, and to disciple. We hope that wherever you are, this podcast is a blessing for you. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we would absolutely love for you to come by. Join us for a service, whether that be 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, 6.30 p.m. on a Sunday night, or 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. We would love to see you here at Calvary Tabernacle. God bless you, and enjoy the podcast. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, clap your hands and shout real loud to the Lord if he's ever done anything good for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I, I am so honored to be here tonight. What a beautiful crowd that you have this evening. And uh, I was thinking about those baptisms a moment ago, and I thought you all might as well get used to it. Then I said to myself, don't get used to it because it'll stop. We need to celebrate it every single time. Amen. How many glad to see somebody baptized in Jesus' name? How about you? How many of you were baptized in Jesus' name and you spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came? Somebody shout glory. Amen. Amen. I used to, I used to sing in G for Jesus. But it's now it's in the key of C. Can we do that? Hallelujah. You can be seated. I want to read my text. And then we're going to sing a little bit about heaven tonight. Is that all right? The book of Matthew chapter 25. About the five wise and the five foolish. I want to give honor to your pastor. Pastor Carson and Sister Carson and Canaan, Carver, Cadence, and Cason. That's a mouthful. And uh, they call me uncle. And I love them very, very much. Carver and I actually share a birthday together. July the 30th. And uh, just love their family. You know, some people you get to, that you get to know, you, the more you get to know them, the, the less you appreciate them. Maybe that's in some other state. But I feel like there's a witness in the building right now. But with the Carsons, the more we get to know them, the more we love them and respect them. He's a friend that my wife and I and Sister Rachel, Sister Rachel, my wife and I look up to Brother and Sister Carson very, very much. He's a man of prayer, a holy man, a godly man. You're quite a leader. He's spoken in my life so many times. And I appreciate the anointing that's on his life. We're so thrilled to be here this weekend and having revival. We're already having revival tonight. You know what I feel? I feel like we got to get a little shout going on here just for a little bit. I believe we're, we we, we got to do some rapture practicing before we get into the Word. Does that sound all right? My, I enjoyed this, this choir and IBC praise and the choir tonight. Didn't they do a fantastic job of leading us? I've enjoyed that. All these students. Matthew chapter 25. It talks about the five wise and the five foolish. It goes on down and says in verse 6. Just a simple verse. 
and at midnight. Midnight. There was a cry made. Behold. Somebody shout, behold. The bridegroom coming. Go you out to meet him. I want to say to this congregation tonight, he's coming. I'm telling you, the Lord's coming. Pandemics, earthquakes, in divers places. Luke tells us that in that day, that the sea would be roaring. Hurricanes, tsunamis, chips coming down the main line. Headed toward the mark of the beast. We got to wake up. I said the church has to wake up. Redemption draweth nigh. Amen. I believe I'm preaching to people that will never taste of death before you hear the sound of the trumpet. Come on. We used to sing songs like, oh, I want to see him. To look upon his face. How about this? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Everybody will be happy. Are there any heaven-bound people in the building? If you are, jump your feet and clap your hands and shout, Hallelujah! Glory, glory, glory. Sing it with me. And some glad morning when this life is over. Oh, I'll oh, fly away. Yeah, to a land on God's celestial shore. I'll oh, fly away. Yes, and I.
Jesus over the beauty. Even so, come Lord Jesus. We are ready. We are waiting. We know you're coming very soon, oh God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. You see, growing up in church in the hills of West Virginia, glory. I'm glad somebody saved in the building. Almost heaven. In the hills of West Virginia, coal mining country, seemed like every service, somebody talk about heaven, sing about heaven. Everybody will be happy over there. Everybody. Do you know those songs in Indianapolis? Everybody will be happy. Sing it with me. Well, then everybody will be happy. We'll be happy. And we will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. Sing it again. Get two or three people and say we're going to make it. Amen. Tonight, I'd like to preach something God put in my spirit for this hour. It is simply miracles at midnight. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's the midnight hour. You may be seated. It's the midnight hour. And it was at midnight, at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. There was a cry made. I am convinced every single time that we hear of an earthquake back earlier part of the pandemic, Salt Lake City. Same time, Eureka, California. Idaho. Recently, North Carolina, Virginia, and Tennessee. He said in Matthew 24, when you see these signs, know that you're near. Pestilences. Locusts now wreaking havoc in entire countries in Africa. Fires burning in California. Famines up on the land. Droughts. Every single time you hear these things, it's a cry being made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Every time you hear about Israel in the news, behold, look at the fig tree, he said. Israel, the bridegroom cometh. Get ready. Get ready. Go ye out to meet him. I was standing outside a few a couple months ago, I guess, and I was doing a wedding outside. And I looked up after the evening had 
the light, the, the, the sun had went down and standing there and I was just looking up out of the field in the sky, seeing if I could spot on that clearing night any satellites. How many, how, many, how many of you have ever seen a satellite? You see, it looks like a star. It's not, if it's blinking, it's a plane. That's not a satellite. And I'm watching, looking up, and all of a sudden, I see one coming. Somebody was near me. I said, look at that. You ever see a satellite? There's a satellite. Watching that satellite, and all of a sudden, it flashed just like that. I said, you see that? I said, it flashed. I'm, all the years I've seen, I've never seen one flash. And all of a sudden behind it, I've seen satellites, but I've never seen these satellites have babies. There was all kinds of these small dots falling in a line and somebody standing near me instantly Googled it. And it was Tesla releasing more satellites for their 5G network with a plan of releasing 5G satellites all so many of them that there's nowhere in the world you can go that you're not connected. I've been in third world countries where people live on dirt floors and they have cell phones. Live in stick houses with a cell phone. The Bible says, and there's going to be a mark of the beast. You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't trade. I'm going to tell you what we can't do. We cannot be deceived in the end time. We cannot just think we're okay living any old way in the end time. We've got to wake up and realize he's coming after a bride that is without spot or wrinkle. He's coming after a church that has made herself ready. I come to preach to you on this Friday night. We can't sit back and lose our convictions and be desensitized by the culture of America right now. Don't you dare fall into desensitizing effects of the Antichrist spirit upon the earth. I wish somebody would stand up and say, Lord, don't let me be deceived. Do not let me be deceived. I want you to shout, oh God. Don't let me be deceived. Don't be seated. Everyone standing in the building for a moment. We're going to pray this together. In December, I was in my prayer time and my devotion. I was walking. And I was, I was walking on this side of our church in Zanesville, Ohio, in my prayer time. And and uh, I was walking and I felt on my face and I began to say, Oh God, don't let me be deceived by false doctrine. Don't let me be deceived by the spirit of the Antichrist. Oh God, we're too close to the end time. Don't let me become deceived by the culture of my country. I begged God. I begged him. I don't know what come over me, but I begged God. Because is it possible we could all become deceived in, in, in a simple plot of the devil, Satan, this antichrist spirit, just simply a little here and a little there? Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. People don't backslide overnight. They're not deceived in a week. It's over some five or seven years, maybe a, a couple decades of just letting loose of a few convictions here and overriding some of the Holy Ghost convictions there. Come on. I wish somebody would lift your hand saying, God, don't let me be deceived. <laughs> 
Remain standing. Remain, I want you to remain standing with me. The next day we had a minister, James Hughes, that came in to teach and do some counseling at the church. He sat down in my office, had flown in from Houston, Texas, sat down in my office, wasn't there for 10 minutes. He said, you know, brother, we hadn't even talked about anything. He said, you know what, Brother Bounds? He said, the old timers all used to pray. God, don't let me be deceived. He had no clue what I'd prayed. He was just confirming what God was dealing with my heart with. Then you open up, you open up Matthew 24. And they said, what shall be the end time? What, what will be the signs of the time? When is the sign of thy coming? His first words out of his mouth is be not deceived. He turns around and says, let no man deceive you. And I don't know how in the world we're letting Hollywood influence our religious convictions. How are we letting Hollywood, people that hate God, come on, I'm not saying all of them, but people that despise holiness, people that despise godly marriages, people that are against what we have belief for. Why are we letting them impart their spirit into us and tell us how we're to believe what we're supposed to think is holier? Come on, the Bible says in that day they will call evil good and good evil, but I come to preach to you, Calvary, tonight. we got to get back to convictions. we got to get back to righteousness the old path where is the good way I'm going to tell you how we know we're messed up is that a heaven or hell issue pastor how, how close how close can I get and still making it. What you're saying is Christianity is about you instead of Christ. It was never supposed to be about me. It was always supposed to be about him. Not my will, but thine will be done. I come to tell you, that's what we got to get back to. We got to get back to, I want to please him. This isn't about heaven or hell. This is about, I'm his bride. I want to please him. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. I know you've been standing, but I feel led of the Lord for you to stand. Come on, are you saved? I said, are you saved? Are you saved? Come on, come on, all the IBC students, are you saved? Hear me. I walked in my, just remain standing a minute. Because I, I feel like we should. We've lost the tearing in the apostolic church. The tearing. I, I, I'm just telling you what I feel across the body. This, isn't, this, is, this is a powerful group. It's been amazing all evening. But I'm going to help us tonight in the Holy Ghost. I walked into my mother-in-law's house, mother and father-in-law's house after dinner on Sunday. Walked into their house a few weeks ago. And on a Sunday afternoon when I opened the door, they're amazing godly people. When I, when I opened the door... Man, it smelled like something. It smells smoke. And I opened that door. I said, oh my goodness. It stinks in here. Who's smoking? I said. Well, I know they don't smoke, but I was jabbing maybe. I don't know. And uh, she said, I burnt the green beans. Matter of fact, I scorched them. Just glad I didn't burn the house down there and I left them on all service. 
I'm talking about a place stunk some more or another stunk in that place I went in and sat down and I did not eat any green beans <laughs> sat down and ate a dinner and you know what's amazing about 10 minutes I couldn't smell it anymore I enjoyed dinner after drank a little cup of coffee sat down in that comfortable seat right beside the table I dozed off for a minute. Woke up. Went out to the truck. I forgot something. Had to bring it in. Walked out and got something out of my truck. Brother Drew. Come back in the house and open that door. Oh my goodness. It stinks in here. It's amazing. How fast you can get used to something that used to stink. I'm just going to obey the Holy Ghost. I feel liberty. Ungodly music used to convict you. But you just stayed in it when it was past the conviction lines. And uh, shouldn't listen to that. But you know, I, I like the tune. Somebody recommended it. I don't care if it is Christian. Holy Ghost means not just to speak in tongues when you feel His Spirit. The Holy Ghost means to be holy. It's to convict you. It's, it's the no in your world. It's, it's the yes in your world. And Brother Grant got baptized tonight. And that Holy Ghost will say, huh? It's a teacher. When things in your life... And, Turn on some video, some falling somebody, and you know it's not right, but you override it. If you, it's just a little while until you don't know that you stink. It's so fast. It was just a few words. It was just a couple scenes, but it had a good. And it's not long until we're comfortable with things that used to bother us. And we make excuses why we can't pray more than five minutes. And we make excuses why we can't have consistent devotion with God. And we make excuses why we didn't understand what the preacher was preaching. And what used to stir us no longer stirs us. And what used to bother us no longer bothers us. Why? Because you're being deceived. Being deceived. Being deceived by what? The spirit of the Antichrist. And in 2 Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 2, he said, And that wicked one that shall come, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, he said this, he said, Be not deceived, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. How many has ever asked the question and wondered, who is the Antichrist? Is he here? Is he, has Satan entered here? I don't know, but I know his spirit is here. But you know what has come to battle, to come to oppose the spirit of the Antichrist? It's the other prevailing spirit. It's called the spirit of truth. It's the Holy Ghost. It's conviction. It's renewing of the mind. I come to tell you, God's going to set you free tonight. You're going to get your prayer life back. You're going to get your children back. You're going to get your home back. Everybody in this building, lift your hands and say, God, let me not be deceived.
I want some husband to look his wife in the eyes and say, don't you dare let me be deceived. I want some wife in the room to look your husband in the eye and say, don't let me. Because when one's weak, the other is strong. Two is better than one. Come on, you know when each other isn't doing right, not praying enough. Come on, we need to have some accountability. We're not letting that in our house. You used to be against that. We didn't wear that. We didn't use, we used to not let that in our Come on, is there anybody that says we're too close to the rapture? It's midnight. We cannot be deceived. Come on, come on. I want somebody to make a covenant. I'm going back to old time convictions. I'm going back to the place that God called me in an altar of repentance. Too close. Everybody be seated except the 30 and under. Everyone be seated except those 30 and under. You better be careful who you're gaming with online. Another word for media is medium. There's a transference with allowing the wrong people speaking to us, speaking into our lives. Friends matter. Now I want all, all of you young people, I feel total liberty. I feel my help here. I want you to take your hands and make a circle. Just like that. Jesus, as the Son of God, representing the body of Christ, hit a small circle of people that influenced Him. Matter of fact, we can go from 12 down to 3. 3. The reason He had those in His life because they were a strength to Him in weak moments. Well, he was never weak. I, I, well, the Bible says he was wearied with his journey. Another place said he was hungry. He was about to go to the cross. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He took three of them with him. Because who's in your inner circle matters. So let's, let's, let's take the circle and let's, let's add one. Do it just like that. And let's call it media. Let's, let's let one... Come here, come here, Carver. Run up here. Let's take one more and add it to our circle of influence and call that influencer media. Is that friend in my inner circle getting me closer to God or pushing me further away from God? Is it causing me to be holy or causing me to have unholy thoughts? Is it causing me to want to do the will of God or the will of the enemy? I come to tell those young people, you young adults here, media matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. Get some of that out of your life. You'll start praying. You'll start being sensitive to God. I want every elder in the room to put, point your hands toward these young people. I'm telling you, I'm not against all media, but it's a trick. It's a device of the enemy that's allowing access from the Antichrist into their life. Come on, I want some elders to reach your hands and say, God, give them discretion. Give them the gift of discernment. Lord, let them have your spirit to speak to them. Let them walk away. 
Come on. God, I'm not letting it in my mind. I'm not going to let it. Come on. God, I'm not going to let it in my mind. I'm not letting it in my heart. Everybody seated but them. I know it's awkward to list just a little bit, but... weird isn't it somebody's smelling you because when I left my mother-in-law's I smelled like burned green beans some of you smell like the antichrist that was rude no it wasn't two prevailing spirits in the end time the antichrist or the spirit of truth. We don't need to smell like the what the devil's job is. We need to smell like the anointing. We need to smell. And I'm not pointing you out. I'm just using you as an example. But we don't need to smell like the devil. We don't need to smell like what he's doing. Come on. I, 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 I'm just telling you. We don't need it. We're too close to have the devil's influence on us. We ought to be influencing sinners. Not sinners influencing the church. Come on, I want you to shout hallelujah. I want some elders to jump to your feet and help me right now. We're pushing through. There's a, there's a tremendous harvest about to hit this church like you've never seen in its history. But God's calling us back to some altars and he's removing some things that's hindering us from praying, hindering us from being sensitive. We got to get the antichrist out of our house. We got to get the antichrist out of our hearts. Everybody in one accord, I want you to shout, Lord, Lord. do not let me be deceived. Shout it again, oh God, don't let me be deceived. Oh God, let me have a renewing. Come on, congregation. I am not going to be deceived. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to help us. I know the Lord's moving, but the Lord has already given me direction. And I'm just preaching to preach. There's a miracle here tonight. There's miracles here tonight. There's miracles at midnight. I, I want everyone to stand. I want everyone to stand from the altar. I want you to go back to your seat. And I want you to be seated. Thank you for responding. The Lord's going to bless every single one of you for responding to this altar. I want you to be seated. I'm going to show you how to find out if you smell like green beans or not. Are you ready? Step out of it. Step out of the house. Take a walk to the truck. I didn't even know it stunk and forgot about it. But when I walked out to the truck 
and I came back in the house just a little distance from it showed me turn it off the Lord's going to do something mighty here Sunday night he's already dealt with me about what he's going to do but tonight there's some miracles there in this room some of you in this room need to make a commitment you're going to step away from some of this one of those influencers it's amazing when you turn it back on it's not going to smell as good as it is right now I've had people to turn their media off for three months they come back and talk about how bad it is how bad it's gotten in three months it didn't get bad they just got better come on we're apostolic people we're holiness people come out from the world And be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. I was, I was, invited, I was invited to preach a meeting, a celebratory pastoral 25-year um, anniversary in California. Good friend of mine, John McDonald. And I was going to be there for an event Friday and and uh, preach on Sunday. We were going a little earlier because it's beautiful out there. The big, big redwood trees. And there's one not far from there. You can drive a vehicle through. And I've had it on a bucket list since I was that big. Drove my family through a tree while I was there. He knew I was coming early. He said, with the bounds, he said, would you be willing to preach on Thursday night? And I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. It'd be honored to. And uh, I went to pray about that meeting. The Lord... Spoke to me. Told me to preach about miracles just before midnight. I knew what that meant because the Lord began to reveal to me exactly what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about people that got saved, that came back to the Lord or came to the Lord just before they died. And I, I was telling them of a story. There was a, at her daughter work when I was pastoring there. I was uh, I finished preaching on a Sunday. There was a, there were some guests there, but after service, uh, there was a man that lingered with his guest, and the Lord dealt with me to go talk to him. And uh, sometimes when the Lord tells you to do something, you get a little nervous because you don't want to offend people, you know. And I start walking back and forth, and we're the only ones. And the Lord just say, "You tell him he needs to get baptized today." I was pacing back and forth. Finally, just the pressure of the voice of God. I don't want to miss it. Do you? I don't want to miss what God wants me to do. And I stopped and I went up to him and I said, I said, uh, you need to get baptized now. Don't put off tomorrow what you need to do today. Don't wait. I know you don't know him and I don't know you, but you need to do it now. He looked at me with concern in his eyes and he said, said to me, am I, Preacher, am I going to die? I said, I don't know, but I just know what I feel. Don't wait, do it now. He repented and we baptized him in Jesus' name on Sunday and he died on Tuesday. It was a miracle at his midnight hour. I never dreamt last year, one little over a year and a half ago, I never dreamt in the month of May that when I looked at Michelle and I said to Michelle, backslider, I told her mother when she died, she told me, she said, pray for my kids. She was dying. Pray for my kids. Her daughter was in her 40s. She said, pray for my kids that are out of the church. And I would. I'd pray. I'd knock on their door and invite them to church. And I'd teach them Bible studies. And they weren't faithful. And one, one Wednesday night, I looked at Michelle with urgency. I said, Michelle, 
You were raised in this. You know what to do. You know what to do to be right with God. That was Wednesday night after service. The following Wednesday, I'm scheduled to meet her and her husband. She and her husband. Somewhere around 10 o'clock, the secretary came to my office. Pastor! Pastor! The family's called. They said Michelle and her daughter were killing a car wreck just moments ago. I said, what? I ran down. State policeman met me because I'm running. I mean, I've known these people for years. I ran down! State police said, "Uh, uh, uh, who are you? And one of them knew me. He said, we need somebody to identify the bodies. And sure enough, it was her. But thank God that on Sunday night, Michelle was in the altar with her hands raised and tears running down her face. It was a miracle. At midnight. I'm stirred tonight. I'm stirred tonight. Because we need to think about eternity again. Not just prosperity and the next job and where we're going on vacation. You know what I mean. If we're not careful, we'll make the temporal things the concerns of God instead of the eternal things the concerns of God. Come on, remind us tonight that Jesus said the foxes have holes and the birds have nets, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. Did he not teach his disciples when he sent them grocery shopping because he knew they wouldn't be comfortable with his company? And that was the woman at the well that he told them when they returned and she had come to her senses about who he was. That he told them, I eat meat that you know not of. I come to tell you, we got to get back to eternal things. We got to get back to rejoicing when sinners repent. We got to get back to things about heaven. Come on. Do you still believe there's streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper? What did God? We would all just make it in the rapture. I've buried so many people in the last few years. I'll never forget, I walked into a lady's house. She'd been backslid for a long time, backslid for decades. And they called me. They said, Doc, I want you to pray for her. I'd go down and knock on her door. They, they, I don't know why they didn't let me in and, and try to reach out and didn't go in. Then they'd say, she wants you to come down and pray. And she used to be in the church. And that, oh, that old, the church, that, that church been there for years. She, she used to be there. She hadn't been in church in many, many years. But she was, and finally they Called me, they said she hadn't communicated in weeks, that she's not talking to anybody, she's at death's door. I walked in that house that day, walked in that house, and I said, Where, Where's Dot? They said, oh, No, she's in the room, she's in the bed. I walked up to that bed that day, and she was there, and they're just waiting any moment. When I put my hand in the bed and touched her hand, the Holy Ghost said, And I said, Oh God, in the name of Jesus, touch Dot, oh God. Because a live dog's better than a deadline. If you're breathing, there's hope. I'm going to tell you, there's people in this room that you're here and you hope to be saved, but you're not sure if you can be saved. You listen to this preacher. His mercies are renewed every morning. Every morning. Somebody's made some mistakes and you've wondered if you're going to be damned for hell. That's a lie from the deceiver. That's an antichrist doctrine. You're not. You're going to make it because you get to repent one more time. You get to pray. Come on, if you believe that, jump on your feet and shout, there's power in praying one more time.
Something's going to break in this city. But you've got to believe it in the church. The spirit and the bride must say come. I come to tell you, there's a whole bunch of backsliders that are going to come home. But you've got to believe they can be saved. The church has got to believe it. The church must believe in restoration. Come on. I'm telling you, there's children. There's Sunday school children. There's elders' kids. They're going to make their way back. But the church must believe in the miracles. She hadn't spoken in three weeks. And the Holy Ghost moved over her when I said in the name of Jesus. When it did, I said, Dot, can you feel Jesus touching you? And she said, I sure do. The family came running in the room. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. She hadn't talked. You know what they said? It's a miracle. I come to tell you there's miracles at midnight. There's miracles in Indianapolis. There's miracles at Calvary. There's miracles. Be seated just a moment. Everybody shout, there's miracles in Indianapolis. I believe we're live streaming. There's people watching right now that wanted to be at church. But they don't feel worthy enough to be here. Let me tell you, the cross made you worthy. Calvary. Come home. I'm telling somebody, come home. Come home. There's a miracle for you. I don't care where you've been or what you've done. His blood will never lose its power. I said his blood will never, 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 never. I said it'll never lose its power. It's bigger than bigger than any of your failures. It's bigger than any of your problems. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. I can see it in the spirit right now I can see it people coming from this direction I can see it just like the prodigal son just woke up what am I doing here I don't belong here I'm going back to Calvary I don't belong in the pig pen what am I doing with alcohol in my house what am I doing out here at the bar what am I doing I don't belong I don't belong with marijuana I don't belong with pills in my purse I don't belong here any longer I don't belong in this relationship you know what I'm going back to the father I'm going back to the I said they're coming home do you believe they're coming home It's a miracle. Come on, jump your feet and clap your hands and shout. I want you to send a signal to the enemy. We're going to pray one more time. I said they're going to pray one more time and you're going to pray one more time. There's power in one more prayer. There's power in one more prayer. Come on. I want you to say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, corral. Come on, choir. Come on, students all the building. I want you to lift your voice and shout. Come on, everybody in the building, shout.
Music come. Somebody's miracles tonight. Brother Burns, I'm closing. They should have killed Samson when they had him at Delilah's house. But it's not the nature of the devil. He tries to steal before he ever kills. Thief comes to steal, to kill, destroy. All he wanted to do was make sport of him. Why do you think the prod- he should have killed the prodigal in the bar and the, the sinful house that he was in? But he had to take him to the pig pen. He, he just wanted to strip the glory and the power from him. He should have killed him. But he made a mistake because the prodigal came to himself. And Brother Anderson, when he turned and said, I go to my father, there wasn't enough devils in hell to keep him from getting back to the father. Come on, I'm telling you, the devil should have killed you, but somebody's going to pray one more time. I said, somebody's going to pray one more time. should have killed Samson at Delilah's house but no 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 they we're gonna put him in the basement we're gonna make him grind the meal we're gonna take him to the we're gonna make sport and we're gonna shame him that all of a sudden That shaved hair, that consecration, that holiness he used to have, that separation he used to be in him that brought him power. That was gone. He reaches in the Bible says, How be it? His hair began to grow. And he said, I wonder if I could ever feel again what I used to feel, Calvary. I wonder if I could ever pray like I used to. I wonder if I could ever have a ministry. one more time just one more time come on come on Samson I don't care what type of mistake you've made come on students come on I don't care if you've been in church for 50 years it doesn't matter some of you can't feel God but you're going to feel God again come on I don't care how long you've been gone (laughs) pray one 